is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Craig Ellum joins us. Very good morning to you. So this announcement today, which has been heavily trailed and so on, obviously neither of us is old enough, thankfully, to remember the New Deal in the United States in the 1930s. But is this the way forward? Because I'm going to throw this little word called affordable in. Nobody seems to be mentioning that these days. A, will it work? And B, is it affordable? It's difficult to say. Well, well, let's see what the details are. Like you say, it has been heavily trailed. So um, there is obviously plenty of infrastructure spender in in their base on on schools, on roads, on uh, hospitals etc uh, it seems to be a lot of what we've heard before to be honest so it's whether this is new spending or whether as you've earlier alluded to this is just bringing spending forward to a time when we most need it whether it's affordable um, is a two-part question really obviously we are currently seeing enormous budget deficit spikes because of the efforts of many governments around the world to deal with the pandemic uh, but the flip side of that is uh, can we afford not to do these things and get people back into work what's the longer term cost uh, a spike in the budget deficit now is not comparable to not doing it now and comparing that what the deficit would look like. Otherwise, it's you've got to look a year, two years, five years down the road and say, are we better off now having invested in the economy, putting people back to work uh, and stopping the severity of this recession getting being worse than it could otherwise have been? That's where you really judge this. It's going to come at a cost regardless. You've either got the cost of high unemployment or you've got the, and a slower economy or you've got the cost uh, uh, of spending now in order to support it. It's always going to be difficult to do the analysis and there are bodies who are trained to do just that. When all this started um, and, and we discussed it, you said that you thought that at the end of it, you know, at the end of the, the headline um, outbreak of coronavirus, there would be outbreaks of it locally. Well, that's happened. It's happened in Leicester, which is... Uh, is, is that the future, do you, do you reckon, for the next foreseeable, that there will be a general relaxation but local lockdown? Yeah, I do. I think um, the... I think it's going to have to be quite a significant situation for an entire uh, co- country to go back into lockdown uh, as uh, as a collective. I think it is going to be far more targeted efforts. I think the track and trace system uh, or versions of it is going to be more heavily enforced at this point. And then we are going to see more localised efforts to try and contain things before they get out of hand. And I think many of these governments around the world now are better positioned to be able to do so. And I, I almost think that it had these type of efforts been taken initially, then we may have avoided such a severe economic situation that we are now dealing with. But again, it's all well and good saying that in hindsight, but when you're dealing with the issue on the spot and you're not prepared for it, then it it can be very difficult to do so. Uh, And you know very little about the disease as well. So I do think this is now the future we're going to see in the US in terms of state responses. We're going to see here in the UK in terms of regional responses and a similar um, response across Europe and the rest of the world. Boris Johnson is, is at the ante as far as the EU discussions are concerned and bringing forward a deadline and all the rest of it. The headlines this morning in the papers are that uh, EU for its part is saying, oh, hang on a second, no, 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 we, we still we want a level playing field as far as at least financial services are concerned, and you suspect the rest. There were favourable noises coming, weren't there? And now it's, it sounds as if, you know, it's going to the table with high stakes and so on. Do you feel as though any progress has been made? Because it does, it always seems a lot of noise. There's too much noise when Brexit is concerned. Um, it, it, a lot of it, we've seen this all before and for what five years now there's there's always noise there's always negotiations and these a lot of this negotiation happens in the public eye and happens in the media and happens in um in the newspapers uh, and we've become so accustomed to it i think we've almost become numb to it i, I rarely read these headlines now because i know exactly what the target um of these headlines ultimately is 
I do think there is a softening of stance. I do think there is a sense of urgency. I do think there is an increased willingness again on both sides to get this deal done, given the the times that we are living through. And I do think there is going to be compromise on both sides. I mean, we talk about level playing field as if it's one thing, as if we have to have a level, level playing field across every aspect of every part of the economy. There's no reason why this can't be broken down into areas where you can say, We'll have we'll agree to level playing fields here because we're, this is broadly in line with what we want to do, or um, uh, but or, or you could uh, have a thing where you could have a, almost a, a punishment system in place. Um, Trump does it with tariffs, for example. There's there's other aspects, other ways in which this situation can be managed. I imagine that's the route that we are going to head down, but I don't think it's going to jeopardise the deal ultimately. Right. So calendar wise, we are at the end of the second quarter. Um, and uh, it's time. It, it would we could take a timely view of a of an incredible um, six months, couldn't we? Which nobody could have could have foreseen. Where are we now? Where are we going as far as the markets are concerned, and in particular the equity markets are concerned, which appear once again to have defied gravity uh, and also have lapped up the fact there's lots of government money around. Yeah, the, the equity markets have defied gravity to a great extent. The fact that we're at these levels um, and we are in the midst of the most fear recession in a century is a bit ridiculous. But as you say, there's a lot of government money around, there's a lot of central bank money around, and when all this cash is sloshing around the system, it has to go somewhere and it typically does go into equity markets. But the FTSE still is off, I think, around about 20% at this point in time, just shy of 20% from its highs. So we're not quite recovered in the same way that the US equity markets are. Uh, so I, I don't think the markets are necessarily healthy state but if we look back to 2012 time when we were in the most uh, severe part of the EU debt crisis you could have looked at some markets then and said the same thing this is what QE and all this extra stimulus does it effectively eases the burden on the markets from uh, interest rates and other standpoints um, stops the stops problems in the financial markets flowing over into the real economy in the hope that the real economy has time to catch up and I feel like we're in that kind of phase at this moment in time I do feel there are a little a few vulnerabilities maybe starting to appear in the markets uh, in the short term but I don't think anything beyond that i think the economy is now just going to have time to catch up to um to the to the markets that we are that we are seeing uh, and the credit conditions are going to stay extremely easy in order to try and support businesses and households in order to allow that to happen at the same time and i don't need to tell you about this but let's just rehearse it you know the service sector which is a massive part of life is never going to be the same again as far as we can tell and companies a lot of them will have to change very rapidly probably are doing that right now a lot will be saying do you know what's not really worth it we'll go and we'll go and do something else there's big changes underfoot but given that transitional stage don't you feel that'll affect the economy and therefore the stock market it will definitely affect the economy but whether it affects the stock market is another thing because there's always going to be other companies there's going to be companies that are hit hard by uh, these changes and there's companies that are going to thrive as a result of these changes. You look in the US, for example, at the the NASDAQ, where the tech stocks have done extremely well out of this, the shift into online shopping, um, the increased use of teleconferencing, all of these things, the stocks that have seen their share prices surge quite dramatically because they're benefiting from this new normal. And there's going to be plenty of other companies who are going to capitalize on it in much the same way. So uh, in that sense, I don't necessarily think that's always going to hit the markets. We're just going to see independent losers in this unfortunately and I think we're just going to see a huge acceleration in trends that were already forming prior uh, to the pandemic and you just hope that many companies and particularly small medium-sized businesses can adjust uh, and find their position in this new economy because um, this is these are the biggest employers in the economy and I don't think any of us wants to see these uh, shutting down on the high street because of something that was completely out of their control. Craig Allen, thank you very much indeed. This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.